Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I think it's 23 and verse 1. I'm reading from the New International Version on this amazing day. Are you ready? The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as a, as a sacred assemblies. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. We will look at uh, the entirety of Leviticus 23, and you can go through and see these appointed days. It's always been very confusing for me, the feasts, the holidays, and uh, taking a different look at it this past week and today, this morning. One of the reasons is, you know, we have like Christmas, which would be the time that we celebrate the birth of Christ. He wasn't born at Christmas. The Christmas tree is fundamentally from hell. You all understand that. It's a pagan symbol. You know that, the Christmas tree. Don't look at me like that. What's wrong with you guys? I told you. Anyway, it's also a picture of resurrection. We've redeemed it. Some things you can redeem. Other things you can't. Ava ceremony, you can't redeem because you get intoxicated when you do it, all right? Certain things you can't redeem. But Christmas trees, we've redeemed. You can call it a Hanukkah bush if you want to. Do whatever you like. But you, you chop it down, it's evergreen. It gets chopped down, but it, gets, it comes back up. Picture of resurrection, evergreen eternity. So, and we don't, we don't worship the tree, and we're never going to be singing O Tannenbaum, all right? But we really have only one name for that holiday, and it's called Christmas. Well, that's not true in, in Judaism, because their holidays have like four names, three, and, and all of them mean the same thing. They just have different names for the same holiday or the same festival, and it can be a little bit confusing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, well, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is called Passover also, but it's not just called that. It's unleavened Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's also called Passover. It's also called Pesach. So it gets a little confusing. We are going to start a new series this morning called Seasons. 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 We are uh, all in different seasons of our life. We're all in different seasons with the Lord. Uh, there is a corporate season that we're in, which I'll talk about. You want to be mindful of that. As it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, the sons of Issachar knew the times and seasons and what Israel should do. It's very important to understand the time and the season that we're in. The time and the season you're in in your life. I'm not 20. Thank God. And for those of you that are 20 years old, thank God. I'm glad I'm not in my 20s. I'm really happy that I'm middle-aged. I feel as fresh as a daisy, unless it's early in the morning, then it's not so fresh. Fresh comes on me shortly thereafter. If you don't understand the season you're in, our nation is in a tremendous season. I believe it's a turnaround season. I believe it's a boomerang season. I believe that God is doing something amazing in our country. Would you believe with me? And so we all go through seasons of life. I, I will say, as before we move on into this and give you some clear understanding of the season and the feasts, which are very important, these appointed days, appointed by the Lord, uh, 
that when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate the season of my youth. And so I always was hoping, you know, when I was, oh, I don't know, when I was 10, 11, 12, I was hoping that one day I would be a teenager. And you get to be a teenager and you realize this is not all, this is difficult <laughs> and, uh, and confusing at times. And then when you're a teenager, just, you know, for me, I was hoping, well, one day I'm going to get my driver's license and I can get my driver's license and everything's just going to be all awesome. Then you get your driver's license and, you know, that's a great day, but that fades a little bit. And then you're hoping, well, shoot, but I'm 21, you know, and you get in your 20s and then, you know, you're hoping to get married or whatever the case may be. But many times you're constantly always hoping for another season. Don't just in that next season because that next season, that's going to be the one. No, this is the one. Be very thankful for where you are right now right now. Because if you, if you don't rejoice in the season that you're in, then we're, then come on, be happy today. Today's a good day to get happy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right. If I don't tie that into the scripture, you'll understand. I'm just saying there's seasons you go through it. And, uh, I'm very grateful for that. Mostly. God has a calendar right in your notes now, which there are seasons and there's three major pilgrim feasts. Now, Levit Leviticus 23, it talks about the Sabbath. It talks about the Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread. First fruits. Goes on to talk about all the, the Feast of Weeks. What's that? I'll tell you in a second. Feast of Trumpets, which is today. Today. Everybody say today. today. Bump your neighbor and say, that's today, bro. Today. Don't forget the bro part. Go ahead, try the other side. That's today, bro. Okay. Okay, so three major pilgrim feasts is what I'm going to call them because this was confusing for me. Three major pilgrim feasts. What do you mean pilgrim? It's not a John, it is a John Wayne line, pilgrim. But it is also, and it's not talking about the pilgrims that came to the U.S. They came to this, the new land. They would leave wherever they are. All men on these three feasts had to go to Jerusalem. If you're a Jew and you're a male, you had to go to Jerusalem on these three feasts. Those three feasts are the Feast of Unleavened Bread or Passover or Pesach or, as we call it, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Easter's not the best because it comes from the Astarte and uh, fertility. And how many of you know there's no Easter bunnies and we don't believe in a God of fertility. We believe in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And eggs and all of that. But it's Passover. So at Passover, when Jesus was crucified on Passover, let me stop because I don't think some of you know this. The Old Testament is a picture book of New Testament reality. Say that. The Old Testament is a picture book of New Testament reality. So the Old Testament has types and shadows that points to something greater, says the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. So Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, and I've preached it hundreds of times to you over the years, Jesus is God's Lamb. They would take a lamb on Passover, one lamb per family, bring it to Jerusalem and sacrifice the lambs outside the gate at the, at the, at the Passover. And the blood of the lamb would be on the doorposts and the lentils of their home. 
It's that which was required by the Lord in Egypt when the death angel came, would pass over, when the death angel would see the blood, would pass over those homes, and hence the name Passover. And it's a picture for us that Jesus is the lamb, and if you have his blood on your heart through repentance of sin, not just because you believe, because you've repented and received him as your Lord and Savior, you believe that he died in your place, then when the death angel comes, when you die, you don't go to hell. I talked about hell last week. We'll just mention it a couple times today because we don't freak anybody out and say, that church always talking about hell. I said last week, if you don't have a revelation of hell, you won't have a real understanding of what salvation is. And so if you didn't get that, it is rather intense, and I would encourage you to send it to everybody you know, and it's on YouTube and on Facebook, and it'll, it'll help you. Passover. So that was a holiday in the Old Testament fulfilled in Christ. Are you following me? Very good. So Jesus is the final Passover lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Do you know when he was killed? The same time they killed all the lambs. You know, he was crucified the same time on Friday. He hung on a cross and his blood was shed for you and me. So the, on that festival, on that feast of unleavened bread, Passover, Pesach, all the men had to come. The, the second pilgrim feast, that means you had to go to Jerusalem, is the Feast of Weeks. What's that? Well, Feast of Weeks is also called Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. How many of you know what happened at Pentecost? The outpouring of spirit. Pentecostal churches are called Pentecostal churches because they would preach from Acts chapter 2 so much, they would just call them Pentecost. They're like talking about Pentecost again. Pentecostal churches. Are we Pentecostal? Yes. Times two. Amen. So they talk about the outpouring of the spirit. When did the outpouring of the spirit take place? When the day, go to Acts chapter 2. This ain't the first service. This is the second service. Got more time. Can walk back here and look at all you Pentecostals. <laughs> Acts 2, are you all there? Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Would you all say that? When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So it's what, what is the day? It's the day of Pentecost. Sukkot is, is another name for that. Again, it's confusing because there's, there's three different names. There might be more. I just put, give you three. The Feast of Weeks, Feast of Pentecost, Sukkot. Shabbat, pardon me. See? It's confusing. Shabbat. Thank you, Pastor Karen, for keeping us on the level. But it is, it is a little confusing for us Gentiles. Now, those of you that are Jews, you have it all figured out. I'm sure you were walking on water this morning. <laughs> Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, Shabbat. So when was the outpouring of the Spirit first? At Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. The Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkoth. I got that one right. Sukkoth. So these high holidays, these appointed feast days are listed here in Leviticus 23. But there's also high holidays. Two of them. How many? Two. As I understand it. And there might be some error in this. I'm doing the best I can. Some of you are raised in a Jewish home and you know it full well. Two high holidays. That's Rosh Hashanah. Everybody say Rosh Hashanah. Come on, say it. Rosh Hashanah. That's it. Very good. And uh, that's called the, the New Year. It's the Jewish New Year. And that starts tonight at, at sunset, sundown. 
It's also called the head of the year, which is what I've entitled this message, the head of the year in the new series, Seasons. But it's also called the Feast of Trumpets. This is today. It's today. There's two things are demanded at these. Oh, did I say Yom Kippur? I didn't do that yet. Then there's Yom Kippur. Everybody say Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. They're synonymous. There's all these different names for all these different festivals and high holidays. There's two things that are demanded by God at these feasts and holidays, right? And, and, and Dr. Morocco mentioned it, that you would not appear before the Lord empty-handed, right? All men had to come and anyone had to, everyone had to give a special gift. This is the way it was. Why did God have these feasts and high holidays? Why does he have these appointed, these appointed feasts? Now, first of all, Jesus came, died on the Passover. Everybody say he died when? On the, the Passover. And in book of Acts, the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit, you know what many scholars believe is going to happen at tabernacles? The rapture, they believe. I, I don't know. I haven't studied it all that much. I'm Somebody said, are you pre, mid, or post? I'm pan, trib. It's all going to pan out. Come on, somebody say it's going to pan out. I'm not going to be disappointed either way. I'm ready to go the long haul, or he can snatch me on up out of here anytime, the twinkling of an eye. Theologically, theologically, we ascribe and are uh, in agreement with a pre-trib view of the book of Revelation. Why would God have these feasts and high holidays? Well, it was to celebrate his goodness. I mean, why do you have a birthday? My wife and I are going to Israel with, uh, I think there's 90 people going to Israel. And so we're headed. We can't hardly wait. We've been once before. I just, wanna, I just can't wait to go. I'm going to do the same thing. When I was in Israel with my wife, my beautiful wife of 20, soon to be 25 years, we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary. Yes, we're going to celebrate it early in December 6th. I have it. I've got the date. We were in, in Jerusalem, and there's this line of the, is it the Arab quarter? I got that right. Where's Karen? It's the Arab quarter, and then the, the, there's an Arab section, and then there's like the Jewish section. And there's a line. Literally what we did was like stand on the Arab section and be like, Lord, you're awesome. And then step over the Israel, and whoosh, power God. Step back, less power. Step over, like a light switch. We, we did it like a number of times. I'm going to do it again. We are going to celebrate our anniversary a little early over in Europe, and it's going to be great. And we have special plans that she knows nothing about. Why would we do that? Because it's good to celebrate. Oh, that's so kind of you. Did you? Did you yes, bring? Your you're so kind. You're so fantastic. You gave me a bag of cookies today. Praise the Lord. Why do you celebrate the birth birthdays? To be thankful for the person that was born. Why do you celebrate anniversaries? To be thankful that you're, you know, to honor. Come on, come on, somebody. Why do you have the feast? Well, it's to celebrate and to remember God's goodness. And that's right in your notes. To celebrate is what? His goodness. And it's also to help Israel to refocus. Because they would lose their focus, not unlike you and me. To refocus on God. Right? And to refocus on their calling, the vision. And so God constantly brings them to these places. And guess what you need to have? You need to have the same thing. Now, Jesus is a Jew. 
God created the Hebrew language and he appointed these feasts. And I'm just going to tell you, they're not just for Jews. They mean, Pentecost means something to you, my Gentile friend, and for the Jews as well. These things mean something. And this is a very important day today. It's a Jewish New Year, 5783. And I, I, I listen to Chuck Pierce and I listen to different ones. We just mind-boggling revelation on the numbers and then this whole thing and the mouth and, and how the enemy tried to use some mask over people's mouth and so you're speaking things forward and all this stuff. And I was like, then other people are like, it's doom and gloom and it's just going to be horrible. And other people are like, it's a year of tremendous fulfillment and blessing. Can I tell you something? I, I, it's so confusing to me. And I, I'm starting to listen to this stuff. I am not going to echo and parrot somebody else's revelation about the numbers. I don't have one. So I read it, I'm like, man, it just ain't bearing witness with me. So if you want to listen to our rabbinic brothers talk about the numbers, go right ahead. I'm not going to the numbers because it just doesn't, I just, I ain't grabbing it. It's not moving me. I'm not preaching somebody else's revelation on what 5783 is. I've heard it, it's awesome. It was like, oh, wow, yes. But I'm just going to tell you. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. And it, and it does not matter what year it is. He's going to come through. But I'm going to be sensitive to the seasons. Can you say amen? Come on, someone say it's going to be my best year. Come on, say it again. It's going to be my best year. I was saying that to somebody. And they're like, that's right. That's what 5783 means. I'm like, okay, great. I just know that because that's what God's word says. No matter what happens, I'm going to overcome. No matter what happens, God, I'm come. Somebody said, you better start storing us some food. You seen how all the food's trying up? Not trying up for me, baby. I'm, I'm seated in heavenly places. God's with me. He's going to, come on, somebody say God's going to provide. My gosh, you get so much storage up in your, you got enough storage in your garage. Listen, you obey God. I'm not freaking out about the food shortage. I might plant a garden next year. I don't know, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's have a praise break. Some of you just freaked out right there. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and just thank him. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Didn't you know he's buying up all the land? No, all the land belongs to God. God's going to intervene. Don't worry about it. Make sure you vote. Uh, Let me say that again. Make sure you, you vote. All right, look at the text. Um, What I specifically want to talk to in relation to today is that the Feast of Trumpets, it's a season of new beginning. It's a Jewish New Year. Come on, we we celebrate New Year in the Gregorian calendar and in our culture, December 31st, January 1st, a New Year. If you're a Jew, that is not what they celebrate. And we are certainly connected to them being Christians and having received Messiah. God's calendar, how many of you know God's not jumping up and down and shouting on December 31st? This, God's calendar today is the new year. So if you, you just want to give a big amen or something. So God's calendar is today is the new year. And it's called the Feast of Trumpets uh, or the head of the year. It starts tonight at sundown, uh, the 25th today. Uh, it's the Jewish new year. And there's a fourfold meaning here that you see. Uh, in scripture and what all Jews would subscribe to and what I think that we should pay attention to as well. It's a day of judgment or a day of repentance. Now I'm going to get into this actually. It's a 10-day period known as the high holidays of the days of awe that start tonight at sundown. 10 days and I'll I'll get a little bit into that but it's it's a time where you examine your heart. 
He said, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. Well, you should examine your heart every day all the more. Come on, we should search our hearts. We should, we should allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things. Live a lifestyle of repentance. Somebody said, you just need to repent once. Wrong. No. You need to repent. There's a moment of conversion where you're born again. Absolutely. I'll give you a moment to do that here at the end of the service. Then there's a lifestyle of ongoing repentance. I had to repent today. At about four in the morning. And I'll just tell you the story really quick without telling all the details because I told all the details and uh, it's like the Holy Spirit left and people are never going to look at me the same. I'm, I'm partially kidding. So before we had children, Karen woke up all the time. You know, if there's a noise in the house, she wakes up. When we have kids, she sleeps through everything. I wake up all the time. And that was God's gift to Pastor Karen and to me as well. On Saturday nights, I prepare. My Saturdays are almost always the same. I prepare. I have dreams. I preach in my sleep. God shows me stuff, shows me things for tonight. You don't want to miss tonight. And, 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 he, and sometimes changes my message entirely from all of my hours of study before. He'll wipe it out and say, do this. All kinds of things happen at night. So I'm, I sleep light, and it's an intense rest, um, but, but not, not like the kind of rest I'm going to get in about an hour. I'm going to take a nap because I, I, I need one. How many of you enjoy your... I, mean, I think all spirit-filled people should nap on Sunday. Then you get up and, and you have a cup of coffee and you come back to church. Amen. That's what we do. So, the dog at three in the morning, it's not the Lord, it's my dog. My dog is making the kind of... My dog makes certain noises. And if you're tuned in, you, you know which one is an intruder. It's a very different sound. And then we've learned to discern, um, I've got to, I need a diaper change. I need to go outside. Got to, got to go to the bathroom. Dog's got to go to the bathroom. It's a different sound. There's also a different sound for I'm thirsty. It's, you got to discern. How many of you, come on, all the mamas know about your babies. They make certain, well, dogs do the same thing. At least our dog does. So it's making the sound, I've got to go out. And I'm thinking, Daniel didn't send the dog out in the afternoon, you know, before we went to sleep or I think, I don't know, whatever. Maybe he had a big bowl of water and, and I'm sitting there and he's just making the noise. I'm thinking, Daniel, get up. And I'm thinking, no, he's not. And I'm already awake. Let's just serve the family. Amen. And I go down. I'm like, hey, bro. All right, sorry. Let him out. Does his business. Comes back in. Put him in the crate. We keep him in a crate at night. Put him in a crate. Go back upstairs. Get back into bed. Snuggle up to Pastor Karen. Ah. And the dog starts making a sound that's, I'm a thirsty sound. Now, we don't, we haven't raised our dog to be a snowflake, okay? So if it just whimpers, it just doesn't, he, he doesn't do that. If, he's, if he does a water sound, it really means he's actually dehydrated and he seriously needs water. So he's making the water sound. I'm like, well, praise God. Awesome. So I get up, I put on my little slippers, and I walk downstairs, and I put him a bowl of water, and he drinks a whole bunch of it. I'm like, okay, great. And uh, I look at him, I said, now, uh, your diaper's been changed. You've been fed. That's it, bro. And so I put him in his crate, and I said, now, and I, said, and I talked to my dog. Anybody who talked to their animals? I talked to him, I said, now, if you do that again, you're going to be outside. 
because I ain't coming down here to help you out one more time because you, you, your diaper's clean. You, some of you need to take this advice for your children. I don't mean put them outside. I'm just saying it's okay. I go back upstairs. I snuggle next to Pastor Karen. I'm like, oh, Lord. I get back. I just get back to beginning to think and preach and in my sleep. And God starts showing me stuff. And the dog goes off again. So I said, I wasn't bluffing. So I know he's not going to stop because now I've taught him. He thinks, let me try again. He wants to play now. That's what he wants to do. So I went downstairs. I said, I told you. I said it. That's it. There's no count to three, baby. That's it. Let's go. I let him out, put his crate outside. He went outside and he enjoyed 45 degrees last night. It's awesome. Praise God. I went back up, never heard the dog again, came downstairs. He was wonderfully happy outside. When I got back, I was totally awake now. And so I'm just like, well, Lord, and I just start digging into the feasts and the festivals and, and, and start reading stuff on my phone. And Pastor Karen says, Is that she says something that was irritating. And I didn't answer her very nicely. And she said, that wasn't very nice. I'm like, oh, God. And I sat there and I thought, I've just served the family. Nobody knows. <laughs> Man, seriously. So she says, that was not very nice. <laughs> Turns over. And as I lie there preaching this message, the Lord speaks to me and says, you need to stop doing that. I'm like, what? You know what? You, getting irritated. You got irritated. You could have answered nicely. I had like this little bitterness that she didn't get up. I'm always the one that gets up and fixes it. Don't go. She didn't even know. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. And I just have, I, there, I, I have this pattern where I can get irritated and then snap. But it's, I don't mean like a fit of rage. I mean just like answer not nice. And the Lord showed me, you need to repent of that and you need to stop. See, repentance really means you stop doing that. And I thought, oh God, it's Jewish New Year. I'm examining my life. I'm not going to do that anymore. And before you poke fun at me, some of you have a cycle of captivity. You live on and on and on. You know what's beautiful? Today's a new year. Start over today. Everybody say start over today. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, I'm going to start over. Come on, bump your other neighbor and say, it's a new beginning. And so that's what they would do. It's, a, it's a, in this Jewish new year, a day of judgment, a day of repentance. So across the world, Jews and should be Gentiles, examine their heart to see if you got anything you need to repent of. And in actual fact, you examine your heart for 10 days. It's also a day of remembrance. They would remember their history. Listen, if you don't remember your history, then you'll be doomed to repeat it. There are many that are trying to change history and change the fact that we've had a Holocaust. There was a Holocaust where millions of Jews were killed and there's a whole group of people that don't even know anything about it. We will never forget that and will never be repeated. So help me God. Can you say amen? We will stand with Israel. We'll contend. There is still a Haman spirit out there. We bind him now. And then the fourth thing is that they would do is they would, 
they would do the trumpets. Now, trumpets is not trumpets in the, in the Hebrew. It's shofar. And they would blow these shofars. Now, I, I was talking to my beloved sister, who remained nameless, just in case. And in the course of our conversation, she said, do you know what tomorrow is? I said, yes. She says, it's a feast of trumpets. I said, yes. She said, you know, when the, when the sun goes out tomorrow, they, people blow shofars all over the world. People are blowing shofars. She tried. I said, yes, I know. She said, well, I would never tell you what to do with your church. I said, that's good. <laughs> she said, but you might consider blowing the shofars on Sunday night when the sun goes down. It's about eight o'clock. It's about the time the service ends. And I thought, well, that's very gracious and kind of you. And I, I thought, that, that's nice. I'll consider it. Now I hung up and did some other things. And as I was considering it, I thought, now I was allergic to shofars. I, I had to work through some, some woundings I had with shofars uh, and banners and tambourines, all three. I almost lost an eye with a banner, okay, just saying. Anybody ever been whipped by a banner? Okay, well, no, you haven't here because we don't have them. We don't have room to have them. And we say, what about the new church? Let's talk about the next thing, shofars. <laughs> tambourines I'm highly allergic to. And I don't know where our sister is. I think it was one of the very, I think it is the first service that one of our, she's here today. I'm not going to point you out. First service she came, brought her tambourine. I'm going to just tell you something. Most people, they can't play that instrument. There is a certain unique culture group that can play that thing. Am I right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And when I hear a tambourine that can't be played well, which is, 95% of people can't play a tambourine. So they're offbeat, and it's just this mayhem of sound. I'm sound sensitive. I can't do it. So there's no tambourine. All our ushers know one tambourine. Don't watch a tambourine. Tambourine. Sometimes people come with special bags. They got special bags inside the special bag. The first service, that beloved sister came. I heard, I heard the symbol. I was over there. Hi, sorry, you can't do that. Hi. I'm like, oh, it's the pastor telling me I can't. Yeah, so sorry, no tambourines. I, I mean, really, they bother me because it just runs contrary to me to what the Spirit's doing mostly. And it throws off the drummer, and the drummer's my son. And so I just don't like seasoning some humor in here. I played a tambourine and almost killed some people many, many years ago. I was in a Pentecostal church. It's a God's honest truth. I don't even think I've ever shared this story except for this morning. I was in a Pentecostal church and they handed me a tambourine that I think was at the upper room on the day of Pentecost. It was that old. I mean, you looked at that thing and you thought, this thing, if this thing could preach or tell stories right now. I mean, it was polished because of all the hands that had been on it. The, 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 the symbols had worn down the wood. You know what I mean? And, and it was just like, wow. And they said, go on, go on, you play that tambourine. And I, I grabbed that tambourine. I was on the platform and I was with a whole other worship, worship team up there. And I was playing, I can play. I can, I'm just saying, I can play the tambourine. All right, so you don't want to see it. It's a little bit ugly. But back then, I just didn't care. I still don't care. But anyway, I'm playing. I'm playing and, and, and it's just getting really intense and I'm playing that thing and I'm playing that thing and it's just going another level and it levels up and then it goes Pentecostal. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When it goes Pentecostal, I just really hit that thing. I come back, I hit it and it shatters in pieces and, and all these symbols fly all over the, people like getting hit in the face and stuff and it's all over the stage. 
And people lost their mind like, yeah! We still have no tambourines in here. And shofars, I've been in places where shofars are out of accord. It's the wrong time and make the person in front of you deaf. But something happened with the shofar for me in recent weeks. I began to read on some things about the shofar and the trumpet and trumpet and shofar it's in, in scripture. And uh, I began to get shofars. I have, I, have, I have quite a few. People started giving them to me. And then I would try to play them, which was just hopeless. <laughs> It's not a real godly sound, and it certainly wasn't ministering to me at all. And then I'd have somebody say, well, you could do it. Just keep trying. Keep trying. And, and you know, I was just like, don't want to blow that thing in public ever again. And, and people next to me, boop, boop. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Praise God. It's the anointing, they tell me. It's, you know, I'm like, yeah, I got the anointing. I'm like, okay, well, keep trying. So I, I really stopped trying in public. And I had these shofars at home, and so I started practicing a little bit. A lot. <laughs> well, here's what happened. Pastor Karen says, Pastor Karen says a lot. No, I'm going over here. Pastor Karen says, you practice a lot. Well, here's what happened. On one of those times I was practicing, I'm going to do this thing. Come on, the anointing, you don't got to help me. It's the trump of God. I mean, I just started getting moved like they blow these things on high holidays. Man, I should go out. And so I remember when I, I hit it and I felt the power of the Holy Ghost come on me. I was like, woohoo! Oh yeah. Oh, you know, that's right. Give me a, give me a shofar right now. Wow. And I, and I'm like, oh, I like it. So yeah, I blow the shofar out the back of my house three times a day, four, I'll do it when I get home. I can't wait. I blow that and come on, try it. In light of that, the conversation I was having with this precious lady, Karen, In light of that, in light of that, and today being the new year, and what they would do is they would blow the shofar. Everybody bring your shofar if you got one, because we're going to blow them like we mean it tonight. Tonight, we're going to do it. All right, so if you got a shofar, go ahead and bring it, and we have a couple extras. I'll bring every one I got. Say, so what about the spit? Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. Ah. <laughs> uh, where are we? My God. I've got like eight pages left and it's 1240. All right. So tonight after service, when all the world is going to be, well, not all the world, but those who know are going to be blowing shofars. We're going to do that. We do it right here. And, uh, and even if you make that noise, just go ahead and bring that thing. Trust God. Maybe it'll be the first time you 
you were able to blow that. High holidays is a day of atonement. Look at right back in your notes as we try to bring this thing to a conclusion. The day of atonement is October 4th and 5th. So today is the head of the year or the new year, Jewish new year, and it's also the Feast of Trumpets today at sundown today. So at eight o'clock, we will have a service at six and at eight when the service is concluded, might not be eight, when our service is concluded, well, the sun's not down, we can't blow it yet. I'm not a legalist, all right? And I, I don't feel like we have to do these things to be saved or be sanctified. I don't believe any of that. That's nonsense. It's, it's Jesus and his blood that saves you and sanctifies you. And you can blow the trumpet. You can blow the shofar as loud and long as you want. You still go to hell unless you're born again. Come on, let's have a praise break one more time. All right, just saying. Day of Atonement. Now, that's that day, the Day of Atonement. The Apostle Paul called it the fast, the day of the fast. That's October 4th and 5th this year, October 4th and 5th. And it's a declared a day of beginnings. It's really a, it's a day when the high priest would go once a year into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Jesus fulfilled all of that too. Can you say Jesus fulfilled all of that? But it is important. And the Feast of Tabernacles is on October 9th through the 16th. I've given you the dates in there so you can go and look it up. And that's all of this repentance and, and sorrow and examination turns to incredible joy on that day. Because that's a day where they, they just declare God's season of breakthrough. They declare a season of provision. And they declare a season of fresh vision. Right in your notes. There's all three right in a row. A season of what? Breakthrough. Season of provision. A season of renewed vision. They're on their way to Canaan's land. And it's a reminder that they had to build these these, um, uh, well, tabernacles in the wilderness and how God provided for them over and over and over. I was reading this article on some Jewish website and you gotta be careful about that because there's a lot of weirdness out there. And it showed a link on Amazon where I could get my own tabernacle. I thought, huh, click. It opens up and there's this Jewish tabernacle that you can buy. It's like inflatable and it has walls and everything you can bring in. And, you can, and, and they actually, you go to Israel at that time of the year, they're actually living in those things on their roofs. They're all over. And it's a reminder. It's an illustration. Man, this is how God brought us out. We went through the wilderness. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. Wow. Amazing. A vision of the farmers fulfilled is when they would bring in the harvest and a vision of blessing of his people is fulfilled. All right, God is speaking to us very simply from all of these events, from the Feast of Trumpets, which is today, through the Feast of Tabernacles, is taking place right at this time, these high, hol high holidays, the pilgrim feast of uh, the Feast of Trumpets, as well as, uh, did I got that right? No, I'm sorry. See, I confused myself again. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover is a pilgrim feast. Feast of Weeks or Shavuot, Pentecost, pilgrim feast. Feast of Tabernacles is a pilgrim feast. The High Holidays, this New Year and these High Holidays that we're in. Are, did I lose you? You okay? Are very, very important. And that's the season that we're in right now. So what does that mean for us? Well, write in your notes. We must believe for a harvest of souls. That is what it's all about. It's about a harvest of souls. And it's about, it's about repenting. Would you, would you live over these next 10 days, ask God to show you where you've been the fool or you haven't done things right? Some of you constantly, you stay in a rut. You know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. 
Some of you are living in this place where you're constantly saying foolish things to your wife. I'm picking on myself, so don't be offended, but it does apply to you, sir, ma'am, your husband. Why don't you stop that? I'm gonna go over here, not feeling the love down the center. I'm gonna go over here. Why don't you stop whatever you're doing that you need to examine that needs to change? God has been dealing with you for a long time. Examine that thing and quit. When? Today. Today, it's a new year. Start today and ask God to really root that thing out. Some of you are wounded. Some of you are bitter. Some of you are angry. You need to get, you need to get through that. Over these next days, examine your heart. Do it. It's a beautiful thing. Can you say amen? amen. And, and, and pray. That's the repentance and pray. Everybody say pray. We must pray. We must pray. What do you mean we must pray? We had 80 Three people, 83, who was that? Who gave me that number of morning prayer? We had approximately 83 people on Thursday morning in morning prayer. Okay, I was not here, I was in California, but oh, I wish I was, because that is the most people we've ever had in morning prayer in the history of this church. And I wanna tell you that that is a very good sign. Now, some of you could be here, but you sleep in. I'm encouraging you to get there. How come? Because we are moving into a brand new season. A new season starts today. We're moving into this new building, and I'm going to tell you that the enemy's doing everything he can to stop us, but he's underneath our feet. Come on, somebody say, he's bound. He's bound. His wings are broken. Amen. I'm going to steal that all week long. The enemy's wings have been snapped. But not unless you pray. You must enforce the promises of God. You have to contend. You must be in prayer. You say, well, I, I don't know how to pray. Just come. Catch it. Come here. 7 a.m. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm working. All right. Stream it on Facebook. Listen, even if, even if you're not working, you're not able to get here, you got to watch your kids or something, put it on YouTube. Put it on Facebook. It's live. It's streaming. Now, we've come a long way in prayer so number one, repentance, we must repent. Number two, we must pray. We've come a long way. That's why we're here. That's why what's happened has happened. Oh, 1248, I've got to close. Would you, over these next weeks and, and months before we, before we move into our building, would you commit yourself to pray? Would you? Would you get in morning prayer if you can? You say, well, I can't get there. All right, I understand. Can you pray more? How many of you can pray more? Come on, raise, raise your hand if you can pray more. Listen, God wants to visit you in the prayer time you never have. If you'll set up a time where you're praying that God will come and visit you. Did you hear me? I know you didn't. Some of you did. Some of you didn't. I'm going to say it again. If you will set up a set time where you pray, get up earlier. Believe me. Holy Spirit touches you. You won't need that extra hour that you gave up. And you'll start seeing miracles in your life. Would you set aside some time to pray? God will come to visit you. Oh, it might not be the first week and it might not be the second, but if you'll be consistent, he'll begin to visit you and you'll be surprised at what happens. This whole church has been built on prayer. We must pray. Number, number three, we must be involved. Must get involved. Everybody say get involved. You gotta get involved. Be a part of it. That's why we do this Discover Track. That's why we have our guide. We must refocus, worship team, on the vision that God has given us. We will have 1,200 congregations. How? One at a time. Going to keep plowing. Going to keep going. Listen, the vision of this church is not that we would finish our building, we'd move in. Oh, well, that's just a part of it. It was just a tool. It's a tool. 
We're going to keep contending. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep, we're going to keep going. It's just going to allow us to reach more people. You can't get any more people in here. You can't get any more people in the parking lot. You haven't been able to for many, many years. It's hurt us in a certain way, a certain degree. But God's going to help us. We're going to visit this whole valley. We're going to visit the whole state. Excuse me. We're going to visit the whole state of Alaska. We started the ready. 300 and 375 homes we visited thus far. Yeah, hallelujah. We're going to every single house to do what? To pray for them, to hand them some information, and we're going to invite them to our grand opening. We'll be in, we'll, yeah, I said it, it's December 11th. We need a lot of things to happen. We'll be in there before that. I just don't want to invite everybody before that because it's going to be like, where's the king's kids? He's going to be like, you know, you're moving a new house and you find a whole new room. And we, we got to work out some bugs and everybody kind of gets settled and get in there for a few weeks before we do our grand opening. And then somebody say, when we open for the first time, don't invite anybody. I'm, I'm partially kidding. Are you getting something from the Lord today? We're going to visit every single home in the state. In fact, everywhere there's a king's cathedral and chapels, everywhere we are, we're doing that. We're doing it in Indonesia somehow, supernaturally. God's going to help us. We're doing it in Tucson, Arizona. We're doing it in every state, in Oregon, in Washington. We're visiting every single city. We're doing it in Mexico. We're doing it, come on, everywhere, in Africa, in Mozambique. We're doing it in England. We're visiting everywhere we are, every place God has planted us. We are going to visit those homes and hand them some information to help them give their lives to Christ, invite them to church, and just pray a blessing on them. And you know, that's not too hard. You knock, yeah, can I help you? Yeah, hi, I'm from King's Chapel. We're just praying for people. Can we pray for you? No. All right. Um, can I hand you some information? Yeah. All right. Thank you. God bless you. That's okay. But then you get to the next person. Hi, we're from Kings. We're just praying for the community. Can I pray for you? Sure, please. Yes. <laughs> Father, thank you for this home. I pray God bless them. Lord, if they don't know you, that you'd reveal yourself to them in a greater way. I pray for healing and blessing and provision upon their home. Bless this home. Bless this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Not too hard. Mean it from your heart. We're doing that in all of these houses, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The love of God's going to invade homes all over the state. Every village, every village, Pastor, every village. How? One village at a time. We've got a plan. We have maps out there. That's part of the vision. Oh, I need to close. My gosh, I need a nap, and you guys are hungry, and I've gone long. Refocus on the vision. Let this be a time of new beginnings. Come on, don't stop doing, stop being mean or whatever you're convicted of. Quit it. Let that, let that habit go. Get some help. Get some counsel. Get healed. Get set free. New beginnings. Come on, this is the first day of the rest of your life. Say that. This is the first day of the rest of my life. Say it again. This is the, the rest of my life. And um, in conclusion... Two more points. Live in the understanding of the coming of the Lord. 
Live in the understanding of the coming of the Lord. He's coming. Now we've built like he's not coming in our lifetime. That building will be here far past anyone's age here. Far past. Should the Lord tarry. But we live like he's coming at any moment. You plan like he's not coming in your lifetime. But he is coming. It's an unconditional prophecy and promise. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There'll be some knees bowing on that day, shaking their fist at God. And there'll be others, which I intend and make it every effort to be among that number with my hands lifted. <sighs> A redemption draweth nigh. Which group are you going to be in? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't, don't leave this place in that condition. Give your life to Christ. Repent of your sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world to all who believe. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved, born again. You must be born again. There is no other way to have your sin forgiven. You'll never make it to heaven any other way. Nobody moving around, please. Nobody getting, no, just hold on one second. I'm so sorry. Just hold on. I'm almost done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment? You say, that's me, Pastor. Then pray this prayer right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Come on, right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Wash and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you fill and touch each and every person. Break every bondage. Break every chain. In Jesus' name. And before I bless you and conclude the service, the final point is that all of these things are fulfilled in Christ. Don't forget it. We don't have to become now observant of all Jewish laws and feasts and regulations to be made righteous with God. That is not true. But we will honor and take note of these appointed days and apply them with New Testament revelation. Can you say amen? Did you get something? Stand up on your feet. We'll close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us give us peace and as over these next days I pray that you would help us to examine our hearts that we would live a lifestyle of repentance this new beginning this today this new beginning may it be lasting we thank you that you made a way we give you all the praise and all the glory would you put your best hand clap together for God awesome mighty God come on somebody say praise the Lord well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.